people battle with it. People that battle with confidence. How many of you battle with confidence? Oh goodness! I'm glad I didn't have a mouthful of water. I would have spit it out on the front row. Shouldn't we be the most confident people in all the world? But I understand we, uh, people battle with confidence. <clears throat> I have a few quotes here I thought were really important. Oswald Chambers said, Faith is deliberate confidence. Deliberate confidence in the character of God whose ways you may not understand at the time. Shall I read that again? Yeah. Faith is deliberate confidence in the character of God whose ways you may not understand at the time. Can you be confident when you don't understand his ways? Because you're not confident in yourself. You have to be confident in the character of God. Zig Ziglar said, confidence is going after Moby Dick in a rowboat and taking tartar sauce with you. (laughs) I like that. That's a lot of tartar sauce. Charles Stanley said, fear stifles our thinking and actions. It creates indecisiveness that results in stagnation. I have known talented people who procrastinate indefinitely rather than risk failure. Lost opportunities cause erosion of confidence and the downward spiral begins. So many people, they want to have confidence, but whatever they want to be confident in or for, they have this fear and it begins to eat at them and gnaw at them and tell them that they can't. And all of a sudden, that spiral goes down and you never accomplish what God has for you to accomplish. And then finally, Stephen Curry. Now, he's my grandson. He's five. He, he's his favorite basketball player. And he said, I've always believed that success for anyone is all about drive, dedication, and desire. But for me, it's also been about confidence and faith. It's about confidence and faith. You want to you wanna succeed. How many of you want to succeed in life? You're not going to succeed if you don't have confidence. You're just not going to. Y'all believe that? And the problem is we have confidence because we have skills. You know what I'm saying? We have knowledge. You're confident in things. How many of you are confident in something that you're good at? Raise your hands. Now, see, that's... I'm not confident about that mic. All right. <laughs> but you're confident because you have a skill in that area. Now, if you don't have a skill in a certain area and somebody says, I want you to stand up and do some public speaking and you're going, I can't do that. I'm afraid of public speaking. How many of you are afraid of public speaking? You know, that's the number one fear for most people, that they'll be called to the front of the class to give an essay or give a report. And how many of you were called in school and you had to go in the front of the class and you're like, that's petrified, you're petrified. And like you're wet your pants right there. And then, ah! You know, nobody, you know, if you're, but see, if you're confident in yourself and you're confident in your voice and you're confident, in, but mostly it's the confidence in what you've got prepared. See, some confidence comes from preparation also, but you come up there and you, you stand up and you, you're, you're ready because you have this confidence because of preparation, because of work because you believe in yourself. And so there's a lot of ways we can look at confidence this morning. But let me give you a definition of confidence. It's the full trust or belief in the powers, trustworthiness, or reliability of a person or thing. Belief in oneself and one's powers or abilities, 
self-confidence, self-reliance, and assurance. See, the opposite of, of confidence would be distrust, skepticism, insecurity, doubtful, uncertain, and the list goes on and on, fearful. Uh, so if you, if you are that person this morning, you're, you're that doubtful person, you're the doubting Thomas, or you're fearful, or you're, uh, you're always a skeptic, and somebody tells you something, I'm not so sure about that. Your first response is never, hey, that sounds like a good idea. It says, and I'm not saying you don't use wisdom, but you're always skeptical about everything, okay? My mother, my, my mother, the phone used to ring in our house, and when the phone would ring, my mother would go, oh, no. I said, Mom, why are you saying, oh, no? I don't know. I just say, oh, no. You know? Anybody do that? And just the phone ring, you go, oh, no. Because now telemarketers, you go, oh, no. Like, oh, no. <laughs> but it's almost like she was expecting bad news. Skeptical, fearful. And my mother did walk in a lot of fear. And she graciously passed that on to her children. <laughs> but confident people are people that really know what they want. They go after it, and they get the skills to do it. But there's a difference between being confident in yourself and being confident in God. There's a difference be, between being confident in your flesh, because you can be confident in your flesh. If, you, if you're good at a trade, you don't have to have Jesus to go and say, listen, I can build you a house. I've got all the confidence in the world. I know how to do it. I've been taught. You can have confidence in yourself. You can have confidence in your trade or whatever your craft is. But... That's not the same as having confidence in Jesus Christ, confidence in your faith. You've heard of people that have great confidence. You've heard of people that have self-confidence. But have you ever heard of people that are overconfident? And sometimes overconfidence leads to pride and arrogance. And it's the kind of people you just don't want to be around because they're always right, because they're so confident that they always have the right answer. And so you kind of want to stay away from the overconfident people. Uh, so we're going to talk about confidence this morning. Romans 15, 13 says this. And this I think I'm reading from the Amplified today in, in all the scriptures. Uh, may the God of hope, this is Paul saying this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith. Now we're talking about experience here again. And that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his, can, is it not up there? Can y'all not hear me? When I stop and leave it, y'all are supposed to finish it. I'm confident that you will do that. Whew. That you will overflow with confidence. See, he didn't just say, I want you to be confident. He said, I want you to be confident in his promises. That what he says is true, that he is not a God that lies, that his promises are yes and amen. We have to be confident that his word is true, church. If you don't believe that, you will never walk in confidence in your, in your faith because you'll always doubt what God has said. You'll always doubt what God said for you to do. You'll always doubt when you pray for somebody that it's going to happen because you don't trust in him and his promises. So you've got to get to that place where, yes, I trust his word. Martin Luther said this. This is a great definition of faith. Faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace. So sure and certain that a man could stake his life on it a thousand times. It's, dare, it's, a, it's, it's a risk. When you have confidence in God, you will take the risk. 
was tricky. I kind of I'm afraid to step out of the boat. I might sink. Oh, come on. Are y'all with me this morning? Do we need to change seats or something? Or Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Okay. I mean, if Martin Luther didn't say something profound there, I don't know who does. I mean, this, the guy gave his life for Christ, you know. He gave us the Protestant movement. So many people walked in great confidence in the Bible, right? David took five stones. He only needed one. But he had confidence. He said, this is not my battle. This, this is the Lord's battle. He walked out there with great confidence. I mean, he's a little runt kid. Couldn't even fit in Saul's armor. And he says, I can go. I can do this because God's with me. Why, was, why are y'all so scared of that guy? Why are y'all stand, all sitting up here on the mountain looking down? And he comes out and he says, fee, fa, fo, fum, you know, and, and you don't do anything. <laughs> and he says, I'll take care of that because God's got the, he's fighting this battle for me. And so he walks out and goes, shoot, and he knocks him down and cuts his head off. That's confidence in God. And throughout the word of God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yeah, throw us in the fire, it's okay. If we burn in the fire, that's okay, because God's with us. If he, happens, if he rescues us, we're okay, because we're confident in our, in our Lord. We're confident in our God. From Daniel said, yeah, you can throw me in the lion's den, that's okay. I'm going to keep praying three times a day. You're not going to stop me from praying, but you throw me in the lion's den, even if they eat me, it don't matter. But he says, I've got confidence in my God. I'm going to keep praying. And there's all through the word of God, people had confidence. Noah built an ark and he didn't even know what rain was. He didn't know what an ocean looked like, let alone thousands of animals walking into his boat. I mean, listen, we've got to get back to the place that we believe God's word is true. It's not myths. It's not just some nice little stories. It's not the stories that you open the little book and tell your kids about, you know, Samson and Delilah. It's real. And we have to come to the place that we believe God's word is true. And then we'll have confidence in our faith. We'll have confidence in our walk. So I'm going to focus on one guy this morning. I don't know if we'll get through all this. It's going to depend on if you're going to listen and you're going to respond. (laughs) Nobody has said, say it again yet. (laughs) See, this is not black church. It's a smattering. Yeah, it's a sprint. Yeah, it was partly black. And you're, you're so yellow, Mike, I couldn't tell if you're. It's just yellow church today. Y'all see Mike's shirt? Woo! So, man, couldn't you find a yellow shirt? No, this is all they had, Pastor. We need to be confident in our faith. I'm not talking cocky. I'm not talking arrogant or prideful. I'm talking about just. When we, when we walk into a room, that we do understand we change the atmosphere of the room. When I had, when I had uh, uh, Lorenzo and Jacob and Robert, and they came over and they, they, they started painting in our, our house and working on our house and doing every little thing that I could find for them to do. Man, I, was, I, was, I saw the confidence in, in the Lord as they walked in. I walked in one day. I walked in one We have a fireplace that's in our living room. And I was, I was walking in, and all of them wore headphones, okay? They're always, they're always listening to gospel something. They're listening to a teaching, and they're listening to music. And I walked in one day, and Lorenzo was in front of my fireplace. And I, I thought, whoa! My, my fireplace is fired up, you know? I was expecting the flames to woof, you know, and I... Uh, man, they just had conf- they have confidence. 
And I'm telling you a few, a couple of years ago, these guys had, they didn't have any confidence except in themselves. And that got them in prison, you know. So it didn't, there wasn't a good kind of confidence. But they had confidence that their, their lives have changed because they know who their Savior is. They trust the Word of God. And when they move into a place, they take over the atmosphere. Come on. That was a good plug for you guys. Where is Jake? Where is Jacob? He's like, oh, what are you doing way back there, man? Jacob, you got to get to know Jacob. He's got such a dry sense of humor. Yes. I call him out and say, Jacob, uh, y'all coming over this morning? Yes. You think you can fix that van too? Yes. All his answers. Yes. I said, okay, if you can say yes so much, start learning to look at your phone and answer a text. Yes. All right. We're talking about Simon Peter. Okay. How much time have we got? Two hours and 50, 30. Yeah. No. No, oh, okay. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 22. Luke 22. Who said that so loud over there? Is that Rose? Luke 22, this section. Thank you, Rose. Oh, we're just family here, aren't we? Uh, yes, all right. That's going to be the new response. Yes. It's not like Patrick has his own shoot. Ours is just going to be, yeah. Shoot. All right. Because Peter, you know, Peter was, he, he was one of those guys who was confident in himself. But he, found, he had times in his life when all of a sudden he wasn't going to accomplish what he thought he could accomplish. And then God, Jesus would step in and help him. And so, listen, a lot of people don't understand, before Jesus died and rose again, these guys really weren't technically Christians. They were followers of Christ, of course, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit except for a special dispensation when he sent them into the villages. I believe that was a special dispensation because later on it says that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And that was after Jesus was resurrected. And I believe that was their salvation experience before Pentecost, which was their baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's what I believe. So Peter, before, before Jesus had even gone to the cross, he was still walking in his flesh a lot, right? How many of you know he walked in his flesh a lot? How many of you, you know, we still walk in our flesh even after we get saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit more than we should, right? Yes. Okay. So in Luke twenty-two thirty-one, this is Jesus having a conversation with Peter. And he says, Simon, Simon, Peter, listen, Simon, Satan has demanded permission to sift all of you like grain. But I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your faith and confidence, say confidence, in me may not fail. And you, once you have turned back again to me, strengthen and support your brothers in the faith. And Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Right? And Jesus said, uh, well, not quite, Peter, because before morning hits and before that cock-a-doodle-doo, you're going to have denied me three times. And one time is just to a little servant girl. And you know, one time, one of the Gospels says he cursed God. He said, uh-uh, I don't know that man. His flesh took over. He had no confidence right then, did he? And Jesus said, I'm praying for you, Peter. 
That confidence in me will not fail you. You'll, it'll come back. And when it comes back, you will begin to strengthen your brothers. See, see, so many times the first thing I want you to know is that we can have confidence in our flesh, but it really doesn't help us any. It may get you a job. It may get you, an, an, uh, it may get you a diploma. You can, have, uh, you can have knowledge and all these things, but it really won't get you where God wants you to go. Well, if you have just confidence in your flesh, overconfidence in the flesh can lead to great pride and arrogance. And listen, that is never, and you read the Bible, pride is never a good thing, ever a good thing. And I know we use that word a lot, but it's never used in the word of God in a good way, except maybe in some translations. But you look it up and he says, man, you don't want to walk in pride. Pride goes before the fall. Don't be proud. Paul says, I'm not going to boast in me. I boast in Christ. He said, I've got to watch that. He said, I have reason to be prouder than anybody, but I'm not because I have, I'm just I'm a, I'm a child of the king. He gets all the glory, not me. So Peter's confidence was in his flesh. And he failed miserably, miserably. But we also know that Jesus restored him after the, that's at the breakfast by the sea. And Jesus spoke to him and he says, do you love me? And he said, do you love me? Do you love me? And he said three times, he said, you know, I love you, Lord. And he said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, take care of my body, take care of the church. And then he said, go and wait for me on that mountain. Go and wait for me in Jerusalem and wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. That's when you're really going to have the confidence that you need to do what I've called you to do because what I've called you to do is huge. And so on the day of Pentecost, Peter never had preached a sermon in his life. Maybe preached a few fish before. <laughs> practiced on some fish. But he gets up and stands in front of thousands of people. And guess what? He didn't know if they wouldn't, wouldn't just stone him right then. He didn't know if they would just kill him right then because he was going to get up and, and according to most of the Jews there, he was going to blaspheme God. And he was going to, he said, you are the ones that killed Jesus. And he stands there and his confidence in himself is gone, but his confidence in God is great because he was only speaking the word of God. And that day, 3,000 people came and gave their life to Jesus Christ. Because he was radically changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he began to speak and preach and do things in the name of Jesus. And he didn't do them in his own name anymore. Look with me at Acts 4, 13. I love this passage. It says, Now when the men of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish high court, saw the confidence and boldness, they saw the confidence and boldness, they saw the confidence and boldness of Peter and John and grasped the fact that they were uneducated and untrained, ordinary men. They were astounded and began to recognize that they had been with Jesus. Amen. See, the, the second thing don't you see is there's confidence in Jesus. Say confidence in Jesus. Jesus. You can see confidence on people, can't you? You you can see confidence. When when they walk in the room, you can see confidence. You also see arrogance. You all see pride. You all see pride. Did you know the Bible says that Jesus saw the faith? It says that Peter saw their faith. God, we can be, things can be revealed to us even in, in our natural vision, but it's a supernatural unction that gives us that ability to see faith, to see uh, confidence in people. And when you see that it's a genuine confidence, they're humble before God, but they're confident in God. That's a great combination, church. That's a great combination. The crowds were, 
They were present at this miracle. You know what they wanted to do when, when, when Peter, and, you know, what happened is that Peter and John, they were just going to the synagogue one day, and they were, you know, there's a man at the gate, beautiful, that Jesus had walked by, I'm sure, many, many, many times because this was God's timing. And he looks down at this man, and the man said, I need money, I need money. I'm not selling enough pencils today. Would you give me, just give me some money? And they said, well, oh, sir, I'm sorry, we are broke we have nothing you know i'm just seeing them turn out their robes and like we have no money and then peter said but what we do have is better in the name of jesus christ stand up and walk in the name of jesus christ stand up and walk Whew, what confidence is that what confidence is that because they were, you know that's that's the risk factor what if what if the guy they said in the name of jesus get up and walk can't do it can't do it here, we'll help you. And, you know, actually, they reached out their hand to him and lifted him up. <sighs> nah, I can't do that. What a risk. Huh. Whew, Peter and John, you aren't as good as you thought you were. No, that's not what that was. That was confidence in Jesus because they knew they couldn't do anything. So when you know you can't do it, but only God can, and you have the confidence and faith and trust in God to do it, it'll happen. But so many times we get in the way because our flesh gets in the way. And that's why, I'm, that's why Jesus says, and the Bible says that crucify your flesh. Because our flesh gets in the way all the time. Did I not? Oh, there we go. We're having fun today, aren't we? Yeah. Devil don't want y'all to hear this. That's right. They weren't speaking or acting on their behalf. You know, the people actually wanted to start worshiping them. And they said, uh, no, uh, we did not do this, but we will tell you who did. And they arrested him for it. Isn't that nice? Because they healed the guy. So go to back, uh, Acts 4. Let's go look at 10. They said, let it be known and clearly understood by all of you and by all the people of Israel that in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you demanded to crucify by the Romans and whom God raised from the dead in this name, in this name, that is by the authority and power of Jesus, this man stands before you in good health. In good health. When you stand up and you walk and operate in the confidence of Jesus Christ, you operate in his authority and not yours. You operate in his power and not yours. And I'm telling you, you know the difference. Have you ever noticed when you're praying in your flesh? And you're like, ain't nothing going to happen. I don't even know why I'm praying right now. You know why? Probably because you weren't ready. Probably, you know what? God can heal them anyway. Sometimes when we just, we're not ready. God says, yeah, I, I'm sovereign. I can heal them. You don't have to pray the right prayer. You don't have to be ready. And God can heal them. And God can do what he wants to when he wants to do it, guys. He'll do it in spite of us. <laughs> I think he does a lot of things in spite of us because he says, you're just not ready. I can use you, though. I can, you can still speak, you can still lay hands on, and I can use you. So what we have to be ready is to be ready, to, is to be confident in Christ that he can use us no matter what state we're in if we're just willing to say, I'm your vessel. Amen. Lord, I'm not the best vessel, but here I am. Here I am. What did, I, what did Isaiah say? Here I am, send me. I'm a man of unclean lips, you know. Okay. First Peter. We're going to go to First Peter. We're sticking. We're staying with this subject of uh, of this man of confidence, and his name is Simon Peter. First Peter one one. Amplified. Peter, an apostle, special messenger, personally chosen representative of Jesus Christ. 
I'll put number three is confidence in his position. Confident in his position. I guess that would be a better way to say it. Here you go. You have this guy that, I don't know if the Lord amused me. I denied him three times to preaching to three thousands and 3,000 getting saved and then 5,000 getting saved, healing people right and left and doing all these wonderful things in the name of Jesus. And now he starts his letter by saying, I'm an apostle. I'm a special messenger. I am personally chosen representative of Jesus Christ. Woo, there's some confidence there. Isn't there? Uh, um, Harold Watkins. Uh, used to sell used cars. I don't have much education. Would y'all want a long hear message from me? Because I don't know if I got much to say. You ever heard of speakers like that? That they're so self, self. Uh, what's the word? Deprecating, not defecating. Right. <laughs> That's what I started saying. Self-deprecating. You know what that's called, don't you? It's called false humility. Yeah, so you might want to pay attention to that. If they sit there and put themselves down, put themselves down, and uh, that's not what God said for us to do because we are children of the Most High God. You know, I'm a son of the Most High God. You're a daughter of a son. We're heirs of God. So why don't we go, you know, uh, okay. Confidence in our position. Peter all of a sudden has this, not all of a sudden, but over this period of time, being with Jesus and walking in, in this uh, confidence in Jesus Christ, all of a sudden he has this power and authority, and he knows who he is in Christ. And you will hear that from this pulpit almost every Sunday. You've got to know who you are in Jesus Christ. If you don't know that you're a child of the Most High God, if you don't know that you're a daughter or a son of the king, then you will never walk in confidence. I promise you that. You'll always second guess everything you hear, everything you learn. You'll, go always, you'll, always put, you'll always have full of doubt and unbelief. Remember what I said? The opposite of confidence is skepticism, doubt, unbelief. That's what you'll be walking in if you walk in that kind of attitude. God says, no, know that you're a son of God. You're a child of the king. You're an heir of God. You're, you're above, not below. You're the head, not the tail. And we got to get all these things in our mind there, who we are in Christ so we can have the confidence that it's needed for us to advance the kingdom of God. We're not going to advance the kingdom of God in fear. So you have to be confident in your position. Say, I'm confident in my position. Because I, because I am seated with Christ. Where's Christ seated? At the right hand of the Father. That's why he says that we're seated in the heavenlies. That's why we have a different way to look at things. That's why we have confidence, because we see things differently than the world sees things. Confident in the position that God's put us in. And I want to problem, let me just throw this in because so many people get, get bogged down in this point. They start looking at everybody else and starting comparing themselves to their position. You remember what we say about comparison? It's the robber of joy. Look at your neighbor and say, comparison is a robber of joy. I'm not you. You're not me. We're, we are... Distinctly made, God gave us our own personality. He made us like He made us. 
If you're short, He made you short. Be okay with it. If you're... <laughs> Thank you, Deborah. I remember, I, I, you know, I bring up my, my daughter and my son occasionally, but I remember when she was in kindergarten, my daughter is still not five feet tall. She'll say she is. She's still not five feet tall. And so we sent her to kindergarten. She was little for her age. And uh, I remember when it was time for her to go into the first grade, and we had the little conference with her teacher. Remember that, Mary Lou? We said, do we, do we need to hold our daughter back till she gets a little bit taller, you know, gets a little... You know. And that teacher looked at us and said, no, you will not. She is ready for the first grade. And we had a, that day, I think we had a revelation that we don't compare size of somebody to the, the boldness or confidence that they can carry. You know, it, it's not about if you're big or small or tall or short or wide or thin. It's not about that. It's about the, who you carry. It's a, you, you, that confidence, it carries you. You know, we, you know we, we talk about how somebody carries himself. You know, it, it's, it's really about who you carry, not about how you carry yourself. It's about who carries you. That was a freebie. That's not even here in my notes anywhere. Don't let, don't let things like that, what the world would say, you, you're not going to succeed because of your color or because of your education, because of your size, or because of your background. Do not let the, don't, well, you can let the world say it, because the world ain't going to say good anything, anything good to you anyway. But listen to who God says you are. Yes. Believe who He says you are. Because when you listen to who He says you are, you will succeed, you will excel, because you'll begin to believe that His Word is true, and you'll receive His Word, and the revelation of who He is in you. And you will be a success. Because Christ is not a failure. Amen. First Peter 1, verse 3. Yeah, this might be a two-parter. <laughs> I didn't preach last week. You know, I could have really had my feelings hurt if I were really confident that Jesus was in control. Because I had people come up to me and go, man, that was the best service. <laughs> I didn't preach. Yeah, it was the best service. I'm not going to say any names. It was a short person. <laughs> and immediately after she said, well, no, that's not what I mean. You know, I love your preaching. <laughs> you, know, you ever got trapped with your own words like that? And I was playing it. I, well, well, I'm sorry. You know, I guess I won't preach anymore. She's just sliding down in the chair. It don't matter. You already look, look like you slid down in the chair. Short people got nobody. I love short people. I love tall people. I love Jeff. I do love short people. I look short, 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 short. My daughter short. How many of you consider yourself to be short? Stand up. No, don't stand up. <laughs> oh, that was bad. I'm sorry. Stand up on the chair. <laughs> I'm getting off topic. All right, let's go to verse, verse Peter. Mary, are you saying I'm losing confidence? Oh, I'm making them lose confidence. Yeah, short people, man, they're awesome. They're fighters. First Peter one verse three. 
Blessed, gratefully praised and adored be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. That is to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and set apart for his purpose to an ever living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Confident assurance. Say confident assurance. assurance. Fourth thing I want you to see is that we have an assurance, a confident assurance because of the resurrection. I did a funeral yesterday. I, I wouldn't, I don't, you know, I don't know that I've done funerals for people that are lost. And, and if they were, I didn't, kind of didn't really want to find out, you know, because there's no hope. There's just no hope. And there's not a lot of confidence. You know, when Mary Lou prayed for that guy that day, a couple of weeks ago, came to our door and he, she said, is there one thing I can pray for you? And he was afraid that if you were to die, he wouldn't go to heaven. He had no confidence. He was doubtful. He was unbelieving. He had no confidence, Betty. And Mary Lou said, you want to have confidence? You want to have faith? You want to you know that you can know that you can know? And he said, yes. And so she led him to Jesus Christ. And that's, that's, that's that hope because we have that confident assurance, that blessed assurance that there is a resurrection from the dead, that Jesus rose from the dead, and that because he rose from the dead, we rise from the dead. That should give you confidence. You know, you know, that scripture we quote all the time, or mis- we don't misquote it. We just don't quote the whole scripture. It, it says that, uh, how about the word of our testimony? Yes, I'm going blank. We, we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Most people stop right there because it sounds really good. But we don't, and it goes on to say, and we don't love our lives to the death. And that, is that kind of accurate? We don't love our lives to the death. In other words, what John was saying or what God inspired him to say was, Hey, it doesn't matter if you die. If you, if you love life so much that you're not willing to die for me, then you've got to have some repentance take place in you because you can't love your life and think that I, I'm never going to die because God says we're, we're, we're actually created to live this life to the fullest, to the end, and then he says, hey, you're reborn again. All right? We don't lose. And, and so we, we don't have to fear risk. We don't have to fear failure if we're doing it because God's called us to do it. Even if, even if the threat is, like for Peter, that you're going to be crucified. And he was crucified. And he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior. Crucify me upside down. I don't, he, see, that's Jesus. And Paul said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says, it doesn't matter. You can kill me. I'll go be with Jesus. Or you can let me live and I'll be with Jesus. That, that's that confident assurance that we have, and it's because of the resurrection. It's because of the resurrection. 1 John 4, says, By this we know with confident assurance that we abide in Him and He is in us because He has given us His Holy Spirit. We know that we know that we know. Listen, at the end of this service, we're going to give an invitation. If you don't know that you know that you know that when you die, you're going to go to heaven, you need to be down here. You need to give your life to Jesus Christ today, and you need to be confident. The day you walk out of here, this, the day, this, this day that you walk out of these doors, you need to be confident that if you were to be hit by a bus, and they don't go down the street very often, but if a bus were to hit you, and you were to die, that you would, boop, you're in heaven. Be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. Okay? If you're not confident of that this morning, you need to be confident of it because if you have doubt and unbelief, it's probably not working too good for you. So we're going to give an invitation at the end of the service. You're welcome to come and say, I want that confidence of my position. I want that confidence in Jesus. I want that confidence because of the resurrected Lord.
First Peter 1 Peter 1.4 says, Born anew into an inheritance which is imperishable beyond the reach of change and undefiled and unfading, reserved in heaven for you, we should be confident, have a confidence of assurance because of our inheritance. Woo! How many of you want an inheritance with Jesus? Well, you've got it. It's already written down. It's written in red. He's already got your, he's already got that last will and testament for you. How many, you know, how many of you don't have a will? You don't have a, a written will. It's most of you. I don't either. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think you, everybody probably should have a will. But a, a will is just what you want to leave somebody when you're gone. You know, and, and that's why they have estate sales. You ever been to a estate sale and seen all these photo albums of families? You go, well, why didn't somebody take that? Because there's nobody to leave it to. And God says, no, I've got something to leave to you. I've got something that you can look forward to. And it's, it's, it's his, what his, his testament, his testimony is he wants us to enjoy the abundant life here and now. And it's going to get better when we step to the other side. Here yeah, we're, we're heirs of the king. We're, we're heirs of God, the Bible says. We have everything that he has. He gives it to us liberally. And we should live in it and enjoy our inheritance. Verse Peter 1, verse 5 who are being protected and shielded by the power of God through your faith for salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time we should be confident in our protection, confident assurance of our protection. Read Psalm 91 sometime today. And you'll understand that we are protected by God. We have this great insurance policy, and it has great benefits. Read about the benefits of God. He, he's, he's, he's healed all of our diseases. He's, he's forgiven all of our sins. He's set our feet upon the rock. We have all these benefits for knowing Jesus Christ. We walk in his anointing. We walk in his favor. He provides everything that we need. He feeds us. He takes care of us. He shelters us and he protects us. We put the armor of God on and we hold up the shield of faith. And it says not a fiery dart can get by that shield of faith. But that's confidence that the armor works. Do y'all believe his armor works? Amen. Raul's fired up. <laughs> Verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice. Let me see. Okay. Even though for now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, which is much more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested and purified by fire, may be found to result in your praise and your glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wow. The confident assurance of genuine faith. You know when your faith rises up in you, don't you? Have you ever been walking and you're not walking in your faith? You're walking in some doubt and unbelief and you're walking in your flesh. Guillermo, you ever done that? No, I'm sure you haven't. But when we're walking, when we're walking in our flesh and something arises in our life and it's, it's a, tr a trial or a tribulation and all of a sudden God says, let faith arise. That faith rises up in you. And it's genuine faith. It's not even, it can't come from you. It comes from him. He pours his faith into you to believe and trust through that trial or through that tribulation or through that fire in the lion's den or in the fire, wherever it's at. He raises, he, he just raises up a level of faith in us. And we go, where did that come from? And God says, that's my spirit, buddy. That's my spirit, son. I've given you this great measure of faith to walk through what you're walking through. Have confidence in it. Trust me in it. Trust me. Verse 8 says, Though you have 
have not seen him, you love him, and though you don't even see him now, you believe and you trust in him. And you greatly rejoice and delight with inexpressible and glorious joy, receiving as a result the, out, the, the outcome, the consummation of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Every person in here, if you are a believer, you are confident in someone you've never seen. Right? That's, that's pretty good confidence. Isn't it? Never seen him. Well, I saw him in a vision. Eh, it's not quite the same. <laughs> he came to me one night. No, it's not quite the same. I mean, if you walked in this room right now, it would be pretty awesome. And I know he's here by the Spirit. But he gave us, he gave you and me, Eyes to see by faith. And we believe by faith that he did what he did. He said what he said. And we believe it. And we have confidence in that. So if you think you don't have any confidence this morning, I want to correct you and say that you have confidence. John, John uh, 29, Jesus said this to Thomas. Because you have seen me, do you now believe? Blessed, happy, spiritually secure, and favored by God are those who did not see me and yet believed in me. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight, living our lives in a manner, listen to this, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. You can't walk this walk without confidence, church. Well, you can, but it's not a very fun walk. But when you step into the confidence that God has for you, you just trust his word, and you believe that when he said, that's the one to marry, that you, you, know, you say, okay, God, if that's her. It's not who I would have picked, but no. <laughs> oh, come on, give me some, give me some, give me some love. <laughs> just move on, my wife, I'm waiting And sometimes we miss it. We have a confidence for something and it wasn't God and we believed it was God. I think, how many can I get a witness for that? Amen. And guess what? God's, God's grace is sufficient. He forgives and he says, now listen a little bit better next time. Sometimes, again, our flesh gets in the way and we, sometimes we, we want to make it God. God said this and I'm, I sat in my desk counseling premarital couples and They'll tell me, God said this and this, and we're supposed to get married, and I counsel them. And I said, well, God sure didn't tell me. <laughs> you know, I don't think y'all ready. And I've told people that. And I've made people mad before. Made one guy so mad, man, he jumped up out of the chair and slammed the door and got in his car and sped off. And he had to come back and get the lady he was with. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. I'm making that up. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did he did he left with her but he did slam the door and sped off and uh, you know what he did he said I don't care what you're saying I'm going to marry this woman and the next time I heard about him they had gotten married and the next time I heard there she was in the hospital because he beat the out of her and uh, I think he missed it on that one 
I think you should listen. She did too. Yeah. Okay. This last one is incredible. I can't stop. I got to get this one in. Second Peter three fourteen. We're going to move to Second Peter. So, beloved, since you are looking forward to these things, he was speaking of the last days. Be diligent and make every effort to be found by him at his return, spotless and blameless, in peace, that is inwardly calm, with a sense of spiritual well-being and confidence, having lived a life of obedience to him. The last thing I want to share with you this morning we should be so confident that Jesus is coming back. Yeah. He is coming back. Yeah. And I know a lot of us said, I wish he'd already come. But his timing is perfect. And the reason he delays, he's already said the reason he delays coming back, because he's, there's so many people that are still lost that we've got to get out and get saved. That we've got to get out and tell about Jesus Christ. You've got aunts and uncles and, and, and people and family members in your own family that do not know Jesus Christ. And you have failed to tell them about it because you haven't had confidence. You've had, you've had, you've, you have had doubt and unbelief because your flesh gets in the way. Oh, you can't do that. They listen to what they'll say to you. You start listening to what the enemy will say and you don't have any confidence. But I'm telling you today, the confidence of the Spirit is going to come upon you. You're going to be able to tell your brothers and your sisters and your mothers and your dads and your children children and your co-workers that Jesus Christ is coming back. And who's he coming back for? He's coming back for the bride. He's coming back for those who believe him. He's coming back for those who have put their faith and trust and confidence that Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And there's no other way to get to heaven except through Jesus Christ. He's it. He's it. Would you stand?